Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, August 10, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The day started with the CPI data shuffle at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The market went up. But at the end of the day, it couldn't stay up. It's a sell-the-rip market until it's not. She's in a short-term downtrend. And nothing has really changed from a daily chart perspective. When you look at an hourly chart, and keep in mind today's first hour is right there, and then the market crapped out and basically hung around at the lows or near the lows, the lower end of the range for the majority of the day. We've called this market the changing face of the market. It's a change in characteristics of the market, and that will remain the same until she has another trend change, albeit could be a short-term trend change, could be a longer-term trend change. We don't care right now. All we do care about is where, when, and how is that trend change going to come? Aha, now we're getting somewhere. What if I said... I wouldn't be surprised to see a bounce coming over the next couple of days, if not sooner. And here's kind of the perfect recipe. They're never really going to hand us the perfect recipe, but for all intents and purposes, this is kind of the schematic of how I'm thinking about this thing. The high was about 11 days ago. The gap down over here on the second was seven days ago. And here's the situation. You have... The PPI data shuffle on Friday morning, which is another excuse, we'll call it, to move the tape. Could it be the excuse we're looking for to run a test of the former breakout area, which they've already hovered around. They came close, but they never really got exactly there. But there's a gap below, and that certainly could be a target, as well as the 50-period moving average. So what we'll say is, somewhere in this vicinity... Right here, we're just going to build a circle and we're going to say somewhere in there, if we find the market down there tomorrow, whether it turns around tomorrow or hangs around there into the weekend, I'm not going to be surprised to see a bounce back in the other direction leading into what's next week. Regular way options expiration, weird stuff happens. When you look at the weekly chart, and again, we're just projecting in the spirit of how I could see this thing unfolding. So let's just say the weekly candle finishes down with another poor weekly close at the end of this week, tomorrow close. You're in the midst of running a test around halfway down or more of the next breakup candle in the sequence. And then guess what? Leading into options expiration week or maybe on turnaround Tuesday, you get some kind of a bounce back in the other direction. There will certainly need to be some pies in the face issued. Speaking of pies in the face issued, for this, we'll use a 15-minute chart. So the market gaps up this morning on, and this is air quotes, the CPI number, right? So the market's up on the same number that it's down just maybe a couple of hours later. So what happened this morning? You got some buying begets buying. You had short covering, not necessarily in that order little bit of an early squeeze, a couple of Johnny-come-latelys that are chasing the tape right at the last second, at the point in which 
she turns right around and never looks back. Lots of pies issued from the buyers that were up in this zone where they got a pie in the face going down. And then, of course, there was a new shipment of pies later in the day when traders were short thinking they're going to collapse them now. They spike the low, rip it back up in the other direction. A new shipment of pies. Let's kind of pull the daily chart together. What are our expectations going into Friday? Well, we don't have any. We're just going to watch what happens, the reaction from the phony PPI number. We don't care what the number is. We don't care what the rhetoric around the number is. We don't care what the expectations of the number is. We know where the support areas are. You have the gap. You have 444, 443.90 to be exact. Is this pivot high? You have a 50 period moving average. There's a lot of support in this zone. It won't look like it at the time if they're killing the tape in the morning if that happens. In the heat of the moment, we're programmed, our brains are programmed to think what's happening now will continue to happen into the near future. This is one of the lessons that we go over in the live room each and every day is how to train your brain to not think that way because it's never the case. Never's a strong word. Certainly the market trends in a direction for longer than we think. But in large part in this business, you have to have an understanding of where the numbers are. And regardless of how fast they got to the number, there's generally speaking going to be at minimum of a bull bear battle at the number. They come up short, they spike them through, all that stuff. If the number's correct, phase one is happening, which is they stop going in the direction they're going. That's the definition of phase one of support or phase one of resistance. Phase two is they either go sideways or they pull back, they go back in the other direction, they have a rally if it's support, all that stuff. It's a two-step process. What about the bull case? What happens if they rip it up? We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Well, same routine. You see what happened early today. They tried to rip it up. And what have we been talking about? The thing will flip. They'll break the chain if they get back above that 20 period moving average. That's the start of breaking the down chain. Well, guess what? They went up there. They ran a test. They were rejected. Should I say summarily rejected at the 20 finishing not on, but near the lower portion of trading for the day. That's a negative sign. Obviously, you can get a bounce in the morning, just like today, but it's not how they open them. It's how they close them that matters in the book. It's great if you score four or five runs in the first inning, but if you lose the game, who cares? It's how you close them. That's why the last pitcher is called the closer. What about inside the numbers? Anybody make money today? Yeah, the answer is, yeah, it was a good day. Inside the numbers, inside the numbers live room, plenty of profits running wild. So we start out with, how's the CPI calculated? I think this one, at least for a moment, is worth the look. Now, it's going to be hard to see this, but you're going to get the gist in a moment. This is right out of the Bureau of Labor Statistics website. The aggregate index for any given month is computed as Quantity weighted average of the current month index divided by the index value of the index base period. Month-to-month -month price change is then calculated as a ratio of the long-term monthly indexes. And then if you could see even a smidgen of this formula down here, it's in the camp of ludicrous. It's redonkulous. This is nobody can understand. Even the people putting out the numbers. 
This is solely designed so nobody could figure anything out and you have to take their word for it. Here's what I recommend you do. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart and double check the work. We're gonna highlight a few things. The pivot today, 448.75. That's gonna come into play. It's an important number. Jot it down on a temporary sticky. Then you have some numbers up north, yada, yada. We're gonna come back to those in a moment. We think better in pictures, so we're gonna start with the pivot. It's a good place to start. 448.75. They got above it and ripped it higher. But that's not what we're focusing on just yet. We're focusing on this candle here because why? Because it was an exit for shorts that were short from up here in the live room, inside the numbers. It's an exit and plenty of traders, a whole laundry list of traders took that bounce basically back to 450. Nice trade. That's better than 10 S&P handles in minutes, which is also the reason it was an exit for the shorts. We called it in the room, the double barrel trade. Now let's focus on the next important thing. There were some numbers in front, but look at this one, the gateway to the next big time place, 451.65. How you doing? That line at the top of the screen is exactly 451.65. Posted on the board, zero dark 30. We'll take the W on that one. Remember, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Volatility in the air, CPI data shuffle, initial whipsaw. The movement is a trader's best friend. That was the theme of the day. We had some traders shorting before 451.65, but we also had some traders shorting at 451.65. We've got something for everybody. If they're shorting before it, the knowledge is they're accepting of the fact we have zones. If you're shorting at the front end of a zone, you're willing to short at the top end of a zone. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Now I've moved the line to 448. Why is that? Because in the live room, we had a 448 and we also had a 447.80. So traders say, hey, can I buy 448 if I'm willing to buy 447.80 anyway? And I say, yeah, it's trader's choice. You could do whatever you like. My number is 447.80. Some traders bought 448 and they got paid once again. Apples. What else do we have? 447.80 to 447 is a zone of support for a bounce back in the other direction. Here you go. Now this line's at 447. Bounce back in the other direction. Another payday. Some traders got it here. Some traders got it here. Some traders got them both. Like I said, pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart and double check the work. Now what's this number? 445.75. Here it is. Traders ask in the live room as we're wrapping it up. Hey, if they visit the gap from yesterday... What happens? Can we buy it? The answer was you would expect a bull bear battle, but don't be surprised if they spike it through and rip it back up in the other direction. What happened? They did exactly that. Traders in the live room that took that trade got paid once again. How about a shout out to Gerardo in the live room? 51,928.38 profits in the month of August. I have to say it's pretty remarkable. And listen, it's certainly not the norm. It's the exception to the rule, but it's also what's possible. 
you have to have a commensurate account size to play those kind of numbers, but it is what it is. How about a little relative weakness over in Camp IWM? Made a new low, not a new closing low, relative weakness nonetheless, and you've got another 50 period moving average looming. There's really no change on this. Here's the gap. Looks like they filled it today. The closing price, 189.80. The low today, 189.89. So they've got some unfinished business down there at the gap. They didn't fill it, missed by nine cents. We call that a form of shenanigans. Why is that? Because they had a choice to fill the gap. They made a choice not to fill the gap. They did the thing where they come up short and rip it back away, screwing two factions of traders. One that was short waiting to exit at the gap, and then they had to chase it back up. And the other faction of traders were, I'm going to buy the gap, and they get left at the altar. All that is sponsored by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew, a.k.a. Trick and Company. Relative weakness over in Camp IWM. However, conversely, the folks down at the Transportation Department had some relative strength. So they kind of cancel each other out. However, what we do know is staying below that 20-period moving average and having that act as resistance while they're under it is causing them to make a bearish, flaggish kind of thing. It's only a couple, three days in the running here. However, the longer they do that, the more likely they are to have another fall, barring getting back above that 20-period moving average. That will be our near-term bogey. about the Q people? So I've had on the board 366.35 for a while. And guess what? They had an opportunity yesterday to hit it. They didn't. They had an opportunity today to hit it. They didn't. So what that tells me is that's not the number. However, it is important. It doesn't change the fact that it's a number. What it does is, for me, it changes the importance of that number. And it is it a tradable opportunity at this point, having come close twice and not hitting it? I would say no. I would go to the next number down, which is 362. We put it on the board last night. It sticks. It remains the same. These are not necessarily intraday levels as much as they are off of longer term charts and a more of a swing type of situation. I would expect from these type of numbers a several day bounce away from those numbers under normal garden variety conditions or just call it a zone. XLF up four cents. That's flat for all intents and purposes. Still just running sideways, eating time off the clock like some of the others underneath the 20-period moving average. Again, we'll use that as the bogey. Until they get back above the 20-period moving average or they stay below, that's going to be the bear case. 34.55, 34.50 in that neighborhood is an important place. But again, like the other one, they've hovered over this, other one meaning the Qs, and by the way, here's the thing that takes precedent anyway, and it all depends on where they close the week. But if they continue just eating time off the clock underneath the 100 period moving average on the weekly chart, they're doing what? Right. They're building energy to make another push higher. The risk is coming down the other way to the low of the last breakup candle in the sequence, 3421. They don't have to get to 3421, but that's the ballpark general area that they'd be running a test if this isn't going to remain a flaggish kind of situation up in the upper portion of the pole, which is the breakup candle. That's the way it works. Those flags are tough because the risk is always down the pole. 
And running down the pole doesn't necessarily make it bearish. It just makes them running a test of a different place. Only if they get below and close the low, the low of the breakup candle, does it go to the next phase of a bearish case. Nobody ever said this stuff was easy. What's going on over in Smash Mouth country? I gave out 148.90, think it was here. I gave it in the live room all over the place. 148.90 was the place. Guess what? The low today, 148.90. That gives a funny how that works. And when you look at the intraday bounce that occurred from there, from an intraday perspective, that was what we call in the trading parlance a nice trade. I'm 110% sure we had participation on that trade in the SMH today from the live room. Happened at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We're done for the day in there. It's a morning business, but I know we had participation. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.